Okay, so first of all, uh, it's a novice. Yes, this is a it's a classic novice episode. Um, meaning that Sean yeah. is telling me a story. Yeah, instead of the other way around. I'm the host. Mm-hmm. He's with in my, the ho- with my. You know what? I'm gonna say he's not that special of a guest. Oh, <laughs> you truly do have the power now to declare how special of a guest I am. Okay, so um, <laughs> you didn't even say who I am. Oh yeah, it's his is Zion. And, who, and who are you? Oh, I'm Sean. <laughs> Oh, I'm unhinged. This is—it's been a while since we've done this. Um, right. So the way I wrote this was terrible. I, think I, I do one, see the, one I do see the word "cracked" spaced out each individual letter. <laughs> I'm excited for when we get there. Okay. Um. So just as a you know a little bit of a background about me, which I've never mentioned, is that I'm a I'm an education and math major, which mm. is relevant to this episode. Sure. Um. I. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna do the history of calculus. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you know why I chose this this topic? It's no. because last night I was like looking for titles yeah. and I Googled math terms and calculus. I was like, that sounds like classic. <laughs> so, so Is that what you mean when you said you're basing this on like a, a play on words or yes. like a pun? Well, yeah. That's the only reason. And it doesn't even work. I named it. It's a, cl- it's a it's calculasic. A... <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that when we're going to cut it for the intro? Or are you going to do it? Oh, now? no, no. We got to ask. What do you know about calculus? Oh, uh, very little. I took, Anything. I took pre-calculus mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very unrelated to calculus. I'm so gonna, I'm going to be honest. Which, so that that furthers my point of how little I know about calculus. Right, but do you know anything about like? What I don't it even is? really know. Like, what I know the... I know it is a field of math. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Okay, honestly, cool. like I don't know like what you do. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's very graph heavy or shape yeah. heavy or like I really just I don't it's know. Kind of both. Um, we go. are going to do a, a, a mathematical exercise. That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking we can cut this because it might just not work out at all because we're have to, gonna have to do it mentally. Oh sure. Some people are just not capable of like visualizing things. Oh, head. I can visualize things in my head. I'm not good at doing mental math. No, it's not mental math. Oh, then it's I just, might. It's just shapes. Then because a lot of uh, calculus is like, at geometry. risk of making myself look even worse. Then okay. maybe I'll be okay at this. All right. So imagine if you will, in your mind's eye, a circle. Okay. Okay. I'm, it's, do you it's remember there. the formula for the circumference of a circle? Is that two pi r or is it that is two pi r? Well, let's dude, good. very good job. <laughs> First win. Okay, so we're gonna cut this circle into four pieces, like pizza pies, like pizza pies, pizza slices, I guess, pizza slices. Yeah. Okay, and then what you're gonna do is you're going to like rearrange the pizza slices, so like the crust is on the top, and then on to the to the right of it, the crust is on the bottom, and we're gonna alternate with all four pieces. So like pizza slice pointing down. Yeah, and the pizza slice pointing, pointing up, up right next to each other. Right. So, so they're kind like, of making a shape. It's almost like a rectangle, like a bumpy rectangle. You've got it. Oh, my okay. God. Okay, so then what we're going to do is we're going to cut those slices in half and like we- rearrange them so they're like you know zigzagging, alternating again. Oh, so cut them into smaller pizza slices. Yes. Thinner. And then we're going to do that yeah, over okay. and over and over and over and over again sure. until the slices are infinitely small. small. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And so because every time we make that pizza slice smaller, the, like, the curve in the crust is less pronounced, mm-hmm. eventually we approach what? You said it already. Like a rectangle. Like a, a rectangle. Like just a rectangle. Yeah. Sure. So then what is the side of the rectangle? Like what, what is that made of? It's like, made of like the side of the pizza slice, right? right? Like a, the side of the pizza. Yes. Like and what is the side of the pizza slice? That's from the middle of the circle to the it's end. The radius. It's the radius. Very okay, good. Okay, sure. Okay. What was the top side? Well, okay. So the top and the bottom side are the, just the outside the, of the, the circle. Bump, the it's bumps. the circumference, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. And what is the circumference? You said it earlier. Two pi r. Or, yeah. Two pi r. Yeah. And then, so if we just have that, what's the bottom side? If it's two pi r and we have it, it's just just, just pi r. It's just pi r, right? Okay, so then here's our rectangle. Okay. On the left is r, and yeah. the bottom is pi r. Sure. So what's the area of the rectangle? Sorry, so it's it's pi it's r r and then pi, pi r. r, and the area of a rectangle is length times width. So so it's just two pi r again, no. or no? Pi times pi r. Sure. Sorry, r, r, r times, times arms r times pi r. Right. Sure. It's not two pi r. That's it's pi r. It's pi r squared. Ah, sure. And what is that? 
Just just the just the r is squared though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, pi r squared. squared. Yeah, yeah. Pi yeah. times r times r, which pi is r the squared. other thing. That's the, the area, area of sure. the circle. Okay. So, but that is the basic premise of calculus. It's to find infinitely small differences mm-hmm. and combine them together to find an overall pattern okay. in something. Okay. That's the study of calculus. Sure. Has anyone ever done this? Yes. Like with like an actual pizza? No. <laughs> Well, okay. So the reason why I brought this up was because my calculus three teacher like ta- like taught me this mm-hmm. in class once, and he said this is how like the Greeks approximated the area of a circle. Sure, it's very like scuffed, right? It's not like <laughs> right, right. a really good way to yeah. find the area of a circle. But that's what they used, and um, that was like they like got really close to calculus because right. of this, but mm-hmm. they never really got there. Mm-hmm. Who do you remember who invented calculus? Like, do you know? Do you have a guess? Is it like Newton? Or something? Is it Newton? Good job. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you why Newton is a sham, and all the credit oh, goes no. to my boy Leibniz. <laughs> Leibniz? Yeah. <laughs> I or, see. So that's so the, so the, the or Leibniz. I don't know how to read his name. Hold on. Hey everybody, editing Zion coming in for the only time this episode. Actually, uh, you'll see why later. So I'm just coming in at the top of the episode to clarify a name that we will mispronounce for the entire rest of the episode, despite him being one of like the core figures of the narrative going forward. But I figured that I should at least attempt to pronounce his name correctly here, so you know that we know that we're wrong, at least. (laughs) So from what I could find, there's actually two ways to pronounce this man's name, the American and the British version. So for the American, we have Leibniz, and for British, we have Leibniz. And so they sound kind of similar. I think we might get kind of close with Leibniz, but... Either way, this is just coming into the top, just to clarify. That's all I got for now. Back to the show. Yeah, I like I like Leibniz, but Leibniz yeah, probably Leibniz. sounds better. <laughs> Gottfried uh, Leibniz. Okay, so the, like the, the 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 connection here is that the Greeks, like the ancient antiquity, they got close, mm-hmm. but they didn't quite get there. Well, and I neither just did... wanted to introduce the idea of a calculus. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then neither did uh, neither did Newton. Is what so you're alleging. We'll we'll get to it. Uh, sure, we'll get. I'm to not. It. I'm I'm not saying he like he knows nothing. Yeah, because he did some things. He, things but i i feel I, I, we gotta we gotta acknowledge Leibniz. so okay sure in this episode of it's a classic wait it's a cal- calculasic <laughs> wait yeah it's a calculasic bing but oh da, da, you're doing da. the yeah So first of all, we're going to talk about like the definition of calculus. Yeah, it is the study of change, mm. right? Um, it's this. It's just. It's that's what it is. It's the study of change, and it's that's very vague because calculus is very vague and it can be applied to a lot of things. So calculus used to just kind of be a synonym for math. It just means mm. to calculate. Sure. Over time, it it changed into the study of change, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So first of all, a lot of different civilizations have like discovered aspects and parts of calculus mm. over time. Um, spanning centuries. So it's really hard to say like where calculus necessarily really began. Um, like the whole circle thing exercise we did yeah, earlier. Yeah. Um, Leonardo da Vinci in the 16th century and in the 17th century, some Japanese like mathematician, mm-hmm. we don't, I don't, couldn't find his name, found the approximation of the circle, the area of a circle by rearrangement. That, that method yeah. is called rearrangement. Uh, sure. Rearranging that makes sense. You're rearranging pizza and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it was like formerly like published in those centuries, but it's thought to have been like used to find the area of a circle in previous times. Cause otherwise how would they do it? Right. Um, it's like theorized. It's not like necessarily like known because mm-hmm. I couldn't find any hard evidence that like the ancient Greeks did it, but my professor told me so. So I'm sure. just going to run with it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So many different civilizations were, you know, contributing to math and, um, just as a side tangent, because I was like, I found this interesting. The Babylonians were like cracked at, at math. <laughs> there we go. We got yeah, to it. Yeah, we got to it. They were like, they were cracked out of their gourds when yeah, it came to math. Yeah. Um, for any of you adults out there, cracked just means like on crack cocaine, which means like really, really good, really I guess. Good. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Bit of a weird thing to endorse crack cocaine, but here we are. Um, so just, I'm um, just a little bit of uh, background on um, um, the Babylonians. On how, on how it's not related cracked. to calculus, That's but it's fine. just like the things that they did concerning math that were like really kind of cool so first of all they had a sexagesimal system um same man i got a sexagesimal system (laughs) (laughs) a bad joke anyway continue (laughs) um it was based on sumerian mathematics and what that means is that they had a base 60 counting system Mm. which means that they had a unique symbol for all numbers from one to 60 oh like we right now have a decimal system so we only have unique we have 10 yeah uh Symbols numbers. for yeah, zero, yeah. zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we just nine, combine nine. those in, uh, and we yeah. just rearrange those yeah. to make different numbers, right? Yeah. Okay. But the Sumerians had base sixty. Interesting. Um, so what's really cool about that is that we still kind of see that today. Like the reason why there's sixty seconds in an hour, or sixty mm-hmm. seconds in a minute, and sixty minutes in an hour, is because of their base sixty sure. counting system. Did they? Well, never mind. That doesn't make sense. Well, I was going like, they, they time? No, no. no. <laughs> I was like, did they base their counting system on a division of time? But then I was like, why would they decide to no, divide time arbitrary. into 24, necess- like a day? Because yeah. a day makes sense because the rotation of the mm-hmm. earth, whatever, right? But then like, why did we, why did no, we? No, it's, it's completely arbitrary. Right. The 24 like, it's thing. Just the, it's just the fact that they yeah. had a 60 base number system right. and they were very good at mathematics and right. were able to determine how much time was in a day mm-hmm. that we use 60 seconds right. and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, yeah. So like, you know, they contribute a lot to the field of mathematics. Sure. Like, um... Like, a circle is 360 degrees. Yeah. Why is it 360? It, like, literally does not matter, right? Like, oh. you can use any number to represent a circle right. and how many degrees there are. 360 is just an arbitrary number. Like, they just chose it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they chose it is just it's just six 60s. So, it's just oh. a lot of their base so that they can divide it into, you know, mm-hmm. small. Like, they could have used 60, but uh, then you can't break 60 down into, like, more, more precise of... measurements. Mm-hmm. So, they use, like, a big... Um, it's like basically if we use like a hundred, right? Yeah. That's like ten tens. They use six. six yeah, six. it's like easier to like divide up a hundred than it is ten because eventually you start getting to decimals or yeah, fractions exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Um, so you know, triangles having one hundred eighty degrees, right angles having ninety degrees. Like I remember thinking, like, why, why, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason? There's not a reason. We could, we could, if we wanted to, just reinvent all these aspects of math using a different number system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the re- but I guess the relationships would still be the same. Yes, but the. But the actual yeah the numbers, numbers that we're using would be, we could we could just put something yeah. else in there mm-hmm. oh okay and and you know so like why do we use a base ten number system we think that it's because we just have ten fingers eh. um that's why there's eleven herbs and spices in KFC chicken because eleven is like the illustrious mysterious number that we can't <laughs> count to on our hands no that's literally apparently why because eleven is thought to be like I read a, like a study about like numbers in like advertising mm-hmm. and stuff and why companies will use certain numbers to describe certain things because mm-hmm. certain numbers have different appeals to people. Yeah. And 11 is like mysterious. And like oh, you know what it's like? It's like when reach. you're watching TV and you're like raise the volume and it's yeah. like 17. You're like, no, I can't no, yeah, gotta go to 20. It's gotta be 20. Yeah, yeah. So they, they're putting that brain itch in mm-hmm. your brain by mm-hmm. making it 11. Making it 11 is like just out of reach, just different. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's a lot of examples, but that's like the one I could think of the most. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, you know, we have a base 10 number system and I'm pretty sure it came from the Muslim, the Muslims. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just to contribute to, cause I remember in high school when I was, you know, dumb and, and, and blinded by American Probably. exceptionalism oh, sure. or like Western exceptionalism. Mm. I kind of, I just made the auditorial statement. Like what did, you know, the Middle East ever contribute to like the global like scale? Cause mm-hmm. you know, you know, we live in America. It's like fear mongering, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. And you're like math. And I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said that? Yeah, you said Oh, it. I did? Oh, yeah. look at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, just expanding your horizons. Like, like we have a very um, Western-centered focus on math. I, mm. I guess here in the States, but I don't know if sure. everywhere else, right? Like, I mean, for example, we call it Pythagoras' theorem, like yeah. the way you find a triangle. Yeah. The Sumerians discovered, or the Babylonians discovered this, like, actually a thousand years before yeah, Pythagoras. Yeah, it could have been like 800 years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is, like, insane. But you know, I but guess he, he gets his name's on it. a triangle. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so just, I mean, this isn't even on my script. I'm just going on off on a tangent. That's like, fine. there's a lot of different ways you can represent number systems. Mm-hmm. Computers use binary, mm-hmm. which is a, a base two system. So you literally only have zero and one, which is yeah. you know when you see like the matrix stuff, the zeros and ones. Oh yeah. Like we have ten fingers, right? Mm-hmm. If we were to count using binary with our fingers, we could actually hold on. I don't, I can't do the math in my head, but with just one hand, mm. if we were to use binary, we could count all the way up to 32. Binary is awesome. Yeah. And honestly, base 10 is very clunky. When sure. you are working in computer science and converting binary into decimal, it's mm-hmm. like a pain in the ass. Oh God. Um, but you know, really long tangent. Oh, it's okay. I think we are forgetting like one number system that I think is the most important though. That's from like iCarly. Do you remember when they invented the new number DERF? DERF. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a base 11 uh, number system. Oh, it's true. Cause they yeah. just threw that in there. So they recorded stuff down in hardened clay tablets called cuneiforms, mm-hmm. and we still have some today. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we know that they created the Pythagorean theorem in like 1900 BC, mm-hmm. and Pythagoras created his theorem about the sixth century BC. There so they were able to calculate square roots to mm. like an infinite precision. If they just wanted to, they just you know like you know you put in a calculator square root thirteen. Yeah, and it's like the numbers. Big, yeah, yeah. They were able to do that. Um, they were able to calculate pi mm-hmm. to an infinite you know amount um, amount. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, they were able to precisely determine the length of a year, which is 365 point something, something, mm-hmm. something. They were like crazy. Like, yeah. like I am baffled by how much like they know about math. Mm-hmm. And like, I wrote here, if aliens exist, you know how people say like, oh, the aliens came down to Egypt yeah, and, and like, they told them how to make the periods? Nah. I mean, yeah. I don't believe in aliens or a sentient life form to that capacity, mm-hmm. but if they did come to earth to help humans, they did not go to Egypt to make them, to make big pointy triangles. <laughs> they went to Babylon and showed them how to do math. Right. Like, It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So our modern definition of calculus is a study of change. Mm -hmm. Now, Newton was primarily concerned with physics. Yeah. He was like a physician, you know, apple falling and all that. Yeah, yeah. I actually went to, while I was in England, Mm -hmm. I went to the house where the apple tree is. Cool. Yeah. Is it still there? I saw the apple tree. Allegedly. Apple trees still live like that long? Like Yeah. Well, so this was an apple tree, but so apparently what happened... Because like someone, like I asked, I was like, is this the same apple tree? Because there's an apple tree in his yard at his house where he like was doing a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. He, he like isolated there because there was a plague. And so he had to like self-isolate for a long time. And he was mm-hmm. just like, I'm just going to do some. That's where, you know, this plague is where he invented calculus. There you go. Well, yeah. he was really just, he was doing a lot in there. Yeah. In and that like house. during our plague, all I'm doing is playing League of Legends. So. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the tree, like the most of the tree blew away in like a storm, mm-hmm. like a hundred years ago or something. But the root system was still there. So the tree kind of grew back from that root system. That's cool. So it's like, it's like kind of the same it's tree. It's crazy how long trees exist. Yeah. Right. I kind of wanted to take an apple. I didn't. I think that would be actually illegal. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine if you stole an apple and kept the seeds and grew another one of Newton's trees somewhere else? This is like a Newton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they did a bit of that because, like, 
Um, they like sent up a bit of the apple tree into space, like when they were like they. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know, just because they were like this is like an important thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Or like um, when I think it was Australia, like for the Queen's like bicentennial, not bicentennial, mm-hmm. obviously it's not two hundred really two hundred years, mm-hmm. but like for like some sort of big moment of the Queen ruling England for a certain amount of time, Australia was like, oh, we should like kind of a weird thing to do. We and all of the other like ex colonies <laughs> and like ex like properties of the United Kingdom, we should all like we should give her a gift. We should all like pitch in for a gift together to get mm-hmm. her. Uh, so they wanted to build like a really nice like carriage. That's, that's really weird. Very weird. That's like uh, I was like Australia. Going, what are you doing? It's like on your abusive ex husband's boy like birthday. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Like giving him. <laughs> and the gift that was like a like a really nice like carriage, right? That would be pulled by horses or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And that carriage was made up of like wood from every place that used to be under the British like flag. That's like, like cool. It's cool. And but weird. And, and the one that they got from England was a piece of the apple tree. That's from really cool. I thought that was really neat. Like, he was concerned primarily. Like I said, the calculus is a study of change. Mm-hmm. He was primarily concerned with the study of change over time mm. because that's kind of the only way you measure things like in a physical world, right? Sure. Um, so like he thought of calculus as like motion of things. Um, so much so that he called it the method of fluxes, um, where a variable, like a, an important variable is like a fluent, like something that moves and it's uh, velocity or derivative was a fluxin. Uh, by the way, a derivative is just how much, how something changes over time. Mm. Okay. Um so his his concern was, you know, physics. Yeah. Uh and the he expressed calculus like with geometry a lot, um you know, real world kind of stuff. Sure. Oh, that could be good. Um and he was kind of notorious for not really officially publishing his, his things, mm-hmm. just like occasionally sending letters or like little side notes about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So in one of his like publications, he wrote like he published the calculation of a derivative or like how to find the tangent. Okay. We're going to go. We're going <laughs> to get to what this is later. But sure. He published a, a a calculation for derivatives just like in the back of something. Yeah. Like real quick with the note. This is only a special case of a general method whereby I can calculate curves and determine minima, maxima, and centers of gravity. Mm-hmm. So that's like. A really big deal. That's massive. Right. And he was just like, wrote it as a little aside. He somewhere. was just like, I don't really think it. It's like, yeah, it's like, whatever. It's like not really my primary yeah. interest. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, so, you know, that's actually insane. That mm-hmm. he just like. Did that and was just kind of like. I think what the issue was is that he didn't fully develop it. He just saw something that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is kind of limited. I'm not like, I haven't fully fleshed this out. Yeah. Yet. Um, But it has a whole lot of potential, which is, you know, calculus is, is a massive. Yeah. Um, Field. Importance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Newton claimed to have started development on calculus in like 1666, but mm-hmm. never publishing it. So here comes our boy Le- Leibniz. Leibniz. Yeah. Leibniz. Probably not Leibniz. <laughs> <laughs> um, he published his book Nova Methodus Pro Maximis e Mimis in 1674. Which, if I'm you know not stupid, and I can kind of translate new methods for maximums and minimums. Sure. Um, okay. So before we move on, we're gonna talk about calculus. In a very rudimentary way, that whole circle thing is like the idea of calculus, but this is specifically what they were working on. Mm. Okay, so say we have a curve, sure, right? And I want to draw, or I want to put, I have a point on that curve, and I want to draw a line that touches that curve exactly only one time. Okay, <laughs> are you lost? We don't need no, to do no, this. no, 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 no. I um, <laughs> trying to make a joke mm-hmm. where like it's like a curve. There's a point and it's like, it's like a nipple. The point is the nipple mm-hmm. and like, I'm the tangent. So I'm trying to like touch the boob at the nipple. Yes, kind of. Anyway, I don't, it's not um, really a joke. I was kind of like. You, okay, good. You know what a tangent is. I didn't say that actual word verbatim. So sure. Good. You know what a tangent is. Yeah, okay. I remember that kind of. So we're trying to find how to draw this line that touches mm-hmm. that curve only one time. So how do we do that? We can't just randomly draw a line and like 
check just, to see, sure. right? That's like really hard to do. Um, so this is what they are primarily concerned of. They were trying to find the calculation of a tangent. So mm-hmm. I guess I did say tangent earlier, but sure. uh, the calculation of tangent. So here is the idea of a derivative um, in the way that Leibniz. So this is how he did it. Okay. You know how to find like slope between two points, right? It's like the sure. whole cal- formula of y1 minus y2 over mm-hmm. x2 minus x1 or whatever. I said that backwards, but sure. that was very wrong. What I actually just said. So don't, if you're, <laughs> want some math if you're using this for like a, like a math tutoring, yeah. don't, don't listen to that part. Okay. So you have your point that you want to find the line to, right? <laughs> you take another point on the curve, just a random one. Yeah. And then you draw that line that connects those two. And then sure. you can find that slope of that tangent right. line. Yeah. Right. And then what you do is you take that second point and move it a little closer. Mm. to your original point. And then yeah. you find that tangent line. Sure. And then you do that and you move it closer and you move it closer and you move it closer over and over and over and over again an infinitely small amount of times right. or in an infinite amount of times mm-hmm. where to the point where the distance between the two points is infinitely small. Right. And so then you approximate the slope of the tangent line. Mm-hmm. Is that, are you like making sense of this? I think so. Okay, that's good. Here's an, this is actually a, a thought experiment that my calculus two teacher told me, right? Right. So let's say, you know, we're standing on the opposite ends of a room. Mm-hmm. I walk halfway to you mm-hmm. and I walk halfway to you again. Right. And halfway to you again. Over and over and over right. and over and over again. Do I ever actually touch you? Theoretically, no. But right. eventually, we would like Logi- you know, logically, yes. Touch. But with like, but actually, physically, no, because our atoms do not touch. Right, sure. Right. Right. Like when we touch, our atoms mm-hmm. are not colliding. Right. Um, you know, some. So that's yeah. like you know, the reality idea. is often disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, like play- we're not actually touching. Yeah. So maybe you know, if our lips, you know, touch, if our lips, they were not really. Yeah, kissing, we're not actually kissing. It's like nothing's happening. Gay, but you know, no, yeah, it's yeah, like doesn't actually. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's how you find. A derivative. Right. Now, a lot of times in modern classes... Oh, not a tangent? A derivative is... A, sorry. The slope of the tangent line is the derivative. Oh. So, what you said, like, calculus is a study of change. Mm-hmm. Newton was studied was concerned with the study of change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, this right here, the method we just talked about, like the slope of the tangent line, right. that is the change of y in respect to x. Sure. It's right. over x, right? Yeah. So it's it's the study of how, uh, how much our graph is going up mm-hmm. over how much our graph is going to the left or right, which, you know, y over x is yeah. y. That's slope. Anyways. Here's my question. Yeah. Can we use this formula to determine whether... whether, whether it's not a joke. Whenever we go off on a tangent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the study of how much I talk over how much time has passed. <laughs> Well, because you literally said it earlier, and I was just like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, because you were like, I'm about to go off on a tangent. I was like, oh, I thought we just did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, okay, so yeah. Leibniz was... Uh, Leib- Leibniz? 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 Did you say Leibniz? <laughs> Anyways, he was uh, really meticulous with his notation and making sure everything was understandable because he was trying to publish his findings, mm-hmm. right? Um, so all of the symbols, almost all of the symbols that we use for modern calculus come from him Ooh. you know the symbol for integral like the big f yes i do know that yeah that that was him oh. um when we have like so his definition of like derivative you know a change mm-hmm. dy over dx mm-hmm. that's like a math symbol you see sometimes oh yeah that came from him um this is this is going pretty far back because i haven't i've not taken like an upper level math class well, since you don't high school. even just see it like sometimes you just see it in like, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. memes and stuff of like you know that woman giga braining and seeing all oh the like all the things floating around yeah. yeah 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 or like sigma or whatever mm-hmm. oh, not sigma what's the e like the very that's sigma oh okay yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know. that's not related to cap- well it actually is kind of related to cap- oh. it's, a, it's an infinite you know adding of things sure but, um it's also just like how my, my outlook you know 
the Sigma mindset. It's just the Sigma mindset. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mindset is always to just look at um, the infinitely small differences in things. Anyway. Right. So Leibniz was very meticulous, right? Mm-hmm. Newton just kind of did whatever he felt like. That feels about right. <laughs> because he was just, like, concerned with, like, using it in his own work. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, to the point where he, it says he tended to use whatever notation he thought of on that day. What does that even mean? <laughs> so, like, he would use different, different symbols, symbols for, for the like, fluxions oh my God. On, on, on different days. <laughs> Dude, he was just derfing. He was yeah. just he was like, this is a derf today. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next day was a degree. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, like, oh. prime, like the apostrophe after yes. a letter. We also use that for derivatives. Oh. And that is actually very commonly used in math classes. But whenever I see that, I'm like, don't use that because it's confusing. Like, yeah. It's like, it's short and it's quick. Mm-hmm. But you are going to get confused when a Y and a Y with an apostrophe is literally right next to each other. Right. And it happens all the time. Right. Is there another symbol for it that you can use instead? Or not, um, not really? Well, DY over DX. Oh, that's what you DY over oh. DX is the same as Y apostrophe. Oh. Most people don't write DY over DX it's, because it's, it's longer. longer. Yeah. But I prefer it because mm-hmm. one, it actually is a representation of what that derivative is is right and two it's more like distinct sure um but <laughs> newton's method of of writing a derivative was just a dot over the letter <laughs> oh okay sure. like, right so if you had like a i prime is I, I dot dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> um which you wouldn't have used because they used x and y but right yeah, um yeah. anyways uh some interesting <laughs> note is that some areas of math still use newton's notations sure um like circuit analysis um so anyway newton's book method oh my of... god dude no you know what it is what the dot is the apple falling onto the letter, <laughs> onto the letter. yeah <laughs> easy <laughs> um uh newton's method uh or book method of fluxions was mm. completed in 1671 yeah. and it was published in 1736 so you know if you remember oh. Leibniz uh publishes in 1674 right um but, you know, Newton was, like, a baddie. Like, he was a bad boy of the scientific world. Like, everyone kind of... <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. like, a celebrity. Everyone like, liked him. So, like, everyone accused Leibniz of plagiarizing mm. um, Newton's work. Especially mm. because he... Like, New- like Newton did not have any proof to back up this claim. He was, like, kind of upset. Yeah. He was, like, you stole this work. And his one, like, piece of evidence... Because, like, he was, like, I just worked on it in 1666. Like, I just started working on it in 1666. So, right. you know. So, it, so, I was doing it before you. Yeah. It's kind of like when I watch a movie and I was, like, oh, I thought that was going to happen, but I didn't say it out loud. So, now <laughs> I just look like I'm trying to get some... Pre- but, but I did. Trust me. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, um, people, you know, really like Newton because he was a very popular mathematician mm, and physician mm. and stuff. And, uh, Leibniz was just accused of plagiarizing his work. Um, mm. and literally the only proof of that is that he wrote that, that note of like, here's a thing that works sometimes. It's right. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's He's so like, like, look, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, Leibniz died in disgrace and oh, disfavorably. <laughs> yeah. So pulling out for Leibniz, like I, you know, so today, like modern people, tend to think that they just both discovered it at about the same time. Yeah, I mean, sure. Independently, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but justice for Leibniz, you know, yeah. uh, pouring out for him. Uh, whenever, you know, every time you do a derivative, just think of him. I will. Use, use the dy dx notation instead of the prime notation. Instead of the dot above the, the yeah. letter. Yeah. Okay, you know what? <laughs> whenever I'm going to write next time mm-hmm. the that... I'll well, the thing is, way. if you were to type this out, a, an apostrophe after the letter is going to be way easier than the fraction of dy <laughs> over dx. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so, you know, that's the history of calculus. Um, I also just added an, a whole other kind of story just to, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't relate. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's, it's kind of similar calculus. to this feud of lateness and... Um, oh. So, yeah, I mean, I just kind of feel bad because lateness put in a lot of work to yeah. make his stuff readable and understandable. <laughs> and Newton was like, nah. And... Like, all the notation we used today is Leibniz's, and I just never even knew about this yeah, guy. I, I just always thought either. it was... I mean, you even thought like, yeah. it was Newton, uh, which is a shame, because he contributed a lot to the field of mathematics, so... Justice uh, for Leibniz, man. Yeah, justice for Leibniz. 
I don't, we're not even saying his name right, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... Hey, editing Sean here, except I'm not editing Sean because I'm not editing the episode, but I realized that um, in my mentioning of calculus, I was kind of so concerned about like the feud between Leibniz and, and Newton that I didn't discuss integrals, which are like half of calculus. Um, integrals are just finding the area underneath a curve. And um, they the reason why I wanted to bring this up and, and, and insert it is because they are very, very um, heavily, um, especially with Leibniz's uh, interpretation of calculus, um, closely tied to the idea of, of finding infinitely smaller sums and adding them together. Basically, the idea with integrals is you have a curve and you make a little rectangle underneath, the, like mat, like matching up with the curve. Like the corner, uh, one corner of the rectangle matches up on with a point on the curve, and you you do that over and over and you add them together, and then you make those rectangles smaller over and over again until the rectangles are basically just these like thin little slips slits that like um, are not like particularly wide so they kind of just encompass the entire area of the, of the curve um not very important to the history of what of what this is is but like um it is an important distinction to note because um newton primarily used uh geometry for for this process but they need to use it like infinitely smaller sums and stuff so yeah anyways that's like half the calculus and i felt like i would be an idiot if i didn't mention it so uh yeah I'm here too. Bye. Hi. <laughs> this, is, this is like an editing Sean, but like we recorded it directly after the episode. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Back to the show. All right. So this is another wacky thing in the field of mathematics, which I bonus, thought was bonus math. Yeah. This is yeah. a this is this is a really kind of a fun story. This is sure. like, the other one is like a little bit. Eh, I just kind of wanted to use as a method of talking about calculus. Cause I actually really do like calculus. Okay. So I'm going to talk about another kind of math dispute and feud. Sure. Um, so there was this man named Skip, Scipione del, del Ferro. Okay. It's cool. Italian. I yeah, can't yeah. read these Scipione words. Scipione del Ferro. Scipione del Ferro. Yeah. Pizza pasta. If you do it in an accent, it suddenly becomes easier to say. <laughs> um, he was a math professor at the his, at the University of Bologna. Bologna? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know where the, I, Florence is very close to Bologna. Okay. It's Bologna. It's not Bologna. It's not Bologna. I'm going to call it Bologna. Okay. Okay. Call it Bologna. So he's a professor. Um, so. A little bit of background. There, you know what a quadratic is, right? Like AX the, squared plus the, BX. I know the quadratic formula. Yeah, that's okay. what a yeah, quadratic yeah, yeah, yeah. is. That's how you solve a quadratic. Sure. Um, there is an extension of that called a cubic, a cubic function, which mm. is like X to the third power instead of X instead to the second of, power, sure. which is what a quadratic is. Yeah. Um, and so general solutions to the cubic equation were thought of to be impossible. Mm. Like every kind of civilization kind of dipped their little piggy toes in the piggy pond <laughs> a little bit. And then we're like, nah. And they, were they like, just was... weren't able to do it. Yeah. Like it was literally thought of to be impossible. I, um, even so much that Leonardo da Vinci's math teacher, Luca Pacioli, um, he like wrote in his book, like this is like impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, also a little bit of an interesting note about quadratics is that they didn't have the quadratic formula because they didn't have the concept of imaginary numbers. Right. So they had to rearrange the quadratic formula in like six different ways to just account to... for the fact that they didn't want negative numbers there. Mm. You know how we make it equal to zero? Right. They had just six different methods where like it's negative. Let's move it over to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> they had to keep like moving it to be like eventually be like, okay, now it's probably okay. Yeah. yeah. Whew, done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so there is a subcategory of cubics called a depressed cubic, which is, okay, so a cubic, x to the third power plus x to the second power plus x, uh, if you don't, whatever. Yeah, like, sure. Okay. okay. A depressed cubic is to get rid of the x squared. So it's x cubed plus x is equal to zero. Okay. And there's numbers there too, but that's the main idea of a depressed cubic. Okay. Um, Scipione de Ferro found, <laughs> found a solution to depressed cubics, which is... Crazy. Crazy. Like, it was thought of to be impossible for... Mm-hmm. 
by everybody in every civilization that tried to find a solution to cubics, they found it impossible. Was right. it because he just like resonated them on like a level? Like was he depressed? And so then he was like, oh, I can understand the depressed cubic. <laughs> and he was a uh, kind of uh, fat, but in a very geometric way. So he was a cube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was cubic. Um, he wasn't fat. So he did not publish this finding. Right. I want you to guess why he did not publish this finding. Um, You're never going to get it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, because he was like, people are just going to say I cheated or something. Because like, it seems that. impossible. Um. Like, is it, like, absurd? It's really stupid. Um, he was allergic to paper, so he couldn't write it down. No. I don't know. Okay. Here's the reason. Mark. Sure. In this time period, mm-hmm. he was a math professor, right? Right, yeah. Very prestigious role. Yeah. People wanted these roles. So how do you become a professor? Is you challenge someone to a math duel. Ah. You come up to them with, like, 30 questions. Yeah. You challenge them formally to a math duel. They mm-hmm. each give each other 30 questions. Yeah. And whoever answers the more questions, like, gets the role. Oh which is, God. like, crazy. So, so he would just... He you, he kept it in his drawer yeah. for, like, 30 years as an ace up his sleeve in case anyone ever challenged, challenged him, him his position. That's so good. No, that's so stupid. The amount of progress mm. that was stunted yeah. because people were concerned it's just like it's just like the most like i don't know how to say it. it's just that's the so most funny. male thing ever that's right? so funny <laughs> like, uh, like <laughs> yeah so he I didn't found, i found this revolutionary solution mm-hmm. to a problem thought impossible and mm-hmm. i'm just going to use it to ensure that no one can make me look dumb yeah well you know they also lose their yeah position and money and all of that so and they oh if they lose they're like disgraced like oh, they sure. get laughed at but like i i oh i assumed that it was someone who was who had nothing mm-hmm. was trying to challenge him for his position mm-hmm. and what would they lose really right right like if, if like you know some ragtag right no but if like, he loses then he, he's disgraced right right, right, yeah, yeah. right so it was like a risk yeah yeah so like that's why he kept it as a right as a so he could he could he could maintain his position as a math mm-hmm. professor mm-hmm. and keep in mind this is only for the depressed cubic not for the right. cubic in general oh sure so it's just like a, a less cool cubic <laughs> it's just a simpler version of a oh cubic. sure um okay so he keeps it in his book yeah. for two decades right and on his deathbed is when he finally tells his student, yeah. who's named uh, is Antonio Fior. <laughs> That's actually a pretty easy one. And, and Antonio t- Fior. Oh, sure. Uh, on his bed, he tells he, he tells his his pupil yeah. how to how to solve it, and he lets him know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the pupil holds it. <laughs> the pupil, no, the pupil's okay. like, I can use this to my advantage. Oh, sure. I'm going to use this to move up in the world. Oh, yeah, he challenges people to the duels. Yes, wow, exactly. Um, but before he does, he kind of like is kind of cocky. He's like, guys, I, I found out how to find the solution to the depressed cubic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, people were like, okay, this one professor at the University of Bologna mm-hmm. has a direct quote. He says, I did not deem him capable of finding such a rule on his own, which is <laughs> right. true, but right. damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's true, but you didn't have to do him like that. Yeah. So uh, funny. being a cheeky bugger that Antonio yeah. Fiore is, mm-hmm. uh, he challenges that guy? Professor Nicolo Fontana Tartaglia, sure. Um, to a math duel. That mm-hmm. that is the man who made the quote, right? Uh, so that isn't or it is. It is. It is the man who made the quote. Okay, I like okay. Tartaglia a lot. Well, sure. kind, kind of, of, kind of a dumb. So when because he, he's a he's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was a kid, he was you know in a war torn country. His face was just messed up by a French soldier, like just like oh, slashed sure. open. So yeah. he has like a stutter, mm-hmm. and that's why his name or that's why he's known as Tartaglia because that means just stutter in oh. Italian. Oh, that is cool. That's kind of messed up. That's just like calling someone in a wheelchair, like, no legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's like calling um, uh, the one of the successors to Alexander the Great, Monophthalamus, just the one-eyed because he lost mm-hmm. an eye. But that, but Monophthalamus sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. So does this, to be fair. I guess because it's in Italian. If yeah. it was in English, we'd be like, oh, you just, <laughs> just stutter, <laughs> well, I guess. Well, you know, it could be cool. It's like, you know, like in um, 
oh god, what show is it? Is it Rick and Morty where they're like trying to do like a, a cop show and one of them is in a wheelchair and they're called Wheels? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Wheels, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he grew up in poverty. He mm. taught himself mathematics. Pretty and he, cool. like, climbed his way up yeah. the social ladder and got this professorship, right? So, like, he, like, rightfully is like, I don't want to lose my position. And mm-hmm. I. so what is his Giga Chad move? He just discovers how to find the solution to depress Cubic. He just oh, do- he, he just does he it. Just because he hears that Antonio Fior mm-hmm. does it. He's like, he's coming for me. Right. I got to figure this <laughs> shit out. So he does. Yeah, yeah. And in an even weirder Giga Chad mood, like... He just writes a poem on how to do it because like they didn't have like formulas back then. Like the the modern like way of representation of like algebra and stuff in math was like not invented. Sure. And the way they did it was like just wrote down steps and stuff. So mm-hmm. he just wrote a poem. That's cute. I have the poem here. I'm not gonna read it because oh. one, I mean, you, if, if you want to, I can. But one, it's translated from Italian, so right. it doesn't even work Mer- that good. <laughs> and two, it's math. So right. Right. interesting. Well, it's, it's, we kind of do that today still. Like um. Even with the quadratic formula, people just make a little song about it. The quadratic formula is negative b yeah. plus or minus square root. You finish it. Of um, something plus 4ac. B squared minus 4ac. Oh, minus 4ac. All over, over 2a. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Good job. That's what I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah you know, we have the red. But it wasn't that. It was, it wasn't okay, that. I'm going to read some of the poems. Okay, yeah, yeah. When the cube with the cos beside it, I don't know if cos refers to cosine or just a word I don't know, mm. equates itself to some other whole number. Find two other of which it is the difference. Hereafter, you will consider this customarily. Like, what? Does it, is it, did it rhyme in Italian? Probably. Okay. This is, I, I think this is just a bad translation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that their products always will be equal. To the third of the cube of the cos net, three, uh, it's general remainder then of their cube size well subtracted. Like, it's like, I, I cannot even understand what this right. is saying. That I... But, you know, he wrote a poem. That's, That's cool. Cute. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, so, you know, he gets challenged to the math duel. Yeah. They each give each other 30 questions. Tartaglia solves them all. Mm-hmm. Antonio Fior, like little bitch boy he is, cannot solve a single one. What? Yeah. He, a single one? Yeah. He what do you mean? Because he made them harder. Oh, than, right. And the solution that, like, he was, was told to him by his, like. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, Tartaglia, Giga Chad. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he solved the depressed cubic. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show us how to do it. He's like, no. He, he didn't do it either. What? Like, he kept it to himself yeah, as well. He did not want to let anyone know how to do it. Oh, my God. Um, just, to, you know, for... Yeah, the same reason as the yeah. other guy, I guess. Um, So, everyone wants to know how to do it, but he will not, like, let anyone know. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's this one man, particularly named... G- G- Girolamo Cardano. <laughs> sure. You're right. The accent really does help. You know, it, it helps you kind of, like, try to, like... You make more... There's more vowel sounds in, in yeah. Italian than we often give to mm-hmm. words. Uh, he really wants this. He solution. really wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he like writes letters to Tartaglia, like praising him and then like insulting him, like any way that he can possibly convince Dude, him. He's like an obsessed fan. Yeah. It's so funny. To, to give him the yeah. solution. Eventually he lures him away all the way to Milan. He's like, Hey, I'm going to introduce you to my patron because mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like for like funding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, psych, give me it, please. <laughs> Like, he lures him on... on yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, all right, where's your patron? Uh, there was never a patron. Give me the formula. There, there might have been. Oh, um, sure. So, Tartaglia, uh, or his, his benefactor, I guess, mm-hmm. which is a patron. Yeah. Um, so, Tartaglia finally relents to show him the method. Yeah. Under one condition. Yeah. He makes him swear a solemn oath. You will never, ever publish this. Mm-hmm. Tell anyone. When you're working on this in person, you're going to write it as a cipher so no one can understand what I'm doing okay. or what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Right? He made him pinky swear. Mm-hmm. Like... Absolutely, that you can never, ever, ever show anyone how to do yeah. this. Okay? And he does, because he wants to, you know. Oh, yeah. So Cardano's like, I, I will abide by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Cardano starts like playing around with mm-hmm. his formula, right? And he finds the solution to just the cubic. Oh, he like expands. He, he expands it. Wow. Yeah. So that's cool, right? That is cool. I and just like, I just assume this guy. I guess. I guess a dude who would be wanting this formula so bad would be a math dude. Yeah. Um, not just like a collection. Like, it's like not a, like just like Bill Gates collecting art for no reason. Yeah, he's just like, I'll <laughs> oh, give me the formula. I want to like put it up on my wall. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. Um, so, you know, he's like, he's like I, this is groundbreaking. This yeah. is like something that no one's ever been able to do ever in the history of, ma- of yeah, mankind. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and he wants to publish it. Yeah. But he, he can't. He promised. Oh, so no. he can't. Um, also, a side note of Cardano is he wasn't a professor. Mm-hmm. He was a, a physician. And he did not have a position that need that could be challenged, so he had no reason to like keep, to keep ammo. it for himself. He yeah. wanted also like he wanted fame, but also maybe probably to just spread the knowledge. Right. Um so he just like it doesn't say right, like he just can't. He just right. like promised. So mm-hmm. he he just can't he keeps publish it. it. Yeah. Eventually, um Cardano just travels to Bologna. Yeah. Bologna for to visit like a friend. Mm-hmm. This friend happened to be the stepson of uh Scorpione de Ferro, who, if you remember, was who? The original dude. The guy who made, who created the, or found the solution to the cubic first. Yeah. Right? It's, 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 it's who sat on it. Son-in-law. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his son-in-law. So he's just hanging out with him, and they're like looking through his old notebooks. <laughs> yeah. And he finds a solution to the depressed cubic yeah. in the notebook. Right. And it's dated. It's like dated decades before Tartaglia, you know, did right. his whole Oh, and he assumed that Tartaglia was the one who like figured it out in the first place, this guy. Yeah. He didn't know all of this came. Yeah, yeah. Of right. course. How would he? Yeah. Because, you know, you know, what's his name? Antonio Fior, yeah. with the little piss baby, couldn't answer yeah, some yeah. questions. So, he just looked yeah. like a fool. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it looked like the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he finds the solution in one of his old notebooks. And because he can say that he's using it based off of... First guy. Uh, Scorpio de Ferro. Yeah. Because he can use it based off his method. Yeah. And because it's dated before Tartaglia did it, he's not technically breaking his oath of publishing Tartaglia's method. Right. He's publishing Ferro's method. Yeah. And then using that method to get to the thing that he discovered, which is... Solving the actual cubic and not just the depressed yeah. one. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Tartaglia is pissed off. He's sure. a direct quote. Pitiful. A man of no substance. A very stupid man. An ignoramus in mathematical matters. Big old dummy, 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 dumb, dummy. Big, stum- big stupid <laughs> idiot. the stupid dummy man. <laughs> um, so, you know, the solution to the cubic today is called Cardano's method. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I guess he did. He's the one who's He's like, the one that, like, yeah, but like. He got to the end. Did. But it, did but Tartaglia don't, don't we kind of like him more than the other guy yeah, anyway? I mean, when... when No, I like Tartaglia. He's cool. He, like... No, Tartaglia is cool. Story. I meant the first guy, I guess. Oh, Antonio Fior? The guy who just sat on it, I mean, for, like... Not oh, Antonio, it, yeah, the, I mean... The, the, the DeFerro. Yeah, DeFerro. Yeah, I mean, but, like, it just kind of had to. Yeah. It just it was society, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, when, when you know, when Cardano published his method, he, like, did give credit to... Oh, you know what? He gave credit to... Uh, Del Ferro. He right. also gave credit to Antonio Fior for some reason, and Tartaglia. Right, but Tartaglia was not happy. He was like, "How dare you? Yeah, how dare yeah. you?" Um, hi there, editing Sean. Although I guess I'm not really editing the episode, so this is just a uh, post, Sean. But um, I wanted to talk about what happened to Tartaglia at the end of his life, or after the events of what we talked about in the episode. Um, so Tartaglia you know justifiably i mean i guess i don't know it, it depends on your opinion he got real upset with cardano and uh he spent a lot of his life like just writing letters to, to uh cardano and being like you know duel me loser uh but cardano literally just didn't ever want to engage with that however his student um ludovico ferrari took him up on his duel so they scheduled to duel in milan it was scheduled it was like supposed to take a couple of days um, but Tartaglia was getting his butt beat real bad, and so he just left after the first day. He just he just forfeit. He just left, and so um, he was obviously declared the loser. Um, 
And that kind of was his ruin. He lost his uh, position in the university because of, you know, him losing the duel. And uh, he just kind of died in disgrace. There were a bunch of stories and rumors that Tartaglia, like, spent the rest of his life devoted to ruining Cardano. Uh, there aren't a lot of sources for that. It, they appear to be, like, made up. But, um, but yeah, he kind of died in poverty, kind of where he started um, because of his ego, which is kind of sad. So uh, that's kind of what happened to him. All right, uh, back to the show. And, uh, you know, within this method of, of, of depressed cubics, you end up having negative numbers in square roots. Um, and eventually, this led to the discovery of imaginary numbers. Ah, yeah, sure. So that's really cool. That is cool. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that's a little bit of, of, of a look into... It's not a classic, because it's like, what, 15th century, kind of? Sure. But um, I just thought this was cool. Yeah. Um, math is not fun to do but yeah i mean the history of math is cool i find it frustrating that so much progress was um stopped because human beings are stupid very similar <laughs> to like the dark ages where mm-hmm. the scientific discovery was just like completely halted and reversed for a long time yeah the fact that so many mathematical principles were like discovered in ancient babylonia were like it's crazy so yeah i, I also really like the whole depressed cubic story i thought it was like that is funny it was funny. i do like that um do you have any like questions comments concerns about anything um, I mean, I think that this just shows, I mean, I mean I don't know. this is why I love history, right? Because mm-hmm. the history of it, I mean, I guess history is just like things that happen. This is stories. But it's just stories that like can make anything a bit more interesting. Yeah. You like don't least. like math at all. No, but like, that's funny. Like mm-hmm. do like do like the math duel. Math duels is funny, especially because like medical duels, because mm-hmm. that was in ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would just challenge someone to do a dissection mm-hmm. and you'd both have a body and just do a dissection and one person did it better. Mm-hmm. They just like, the, the dude named Gallon would just do that. Mm-hmm. Like people would be, it was kind of similar. They'd be like bragging, be like, oh, I know how to do this thing. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, do it. Mm-hmm. He was like, here's a dead pig. Do it right now. <laughs> they're like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, I just sliced open for you. Look, it's so easy. Look, mm-hmm. it's right there. And then like, they would just not know how to do it. I... I understand why they did it. Like they submit questions to each other before the duel, and mm-hmm. they present their like their answers at the duel. Right. But how cool would it have been if it was like a if it was a rap battle where you like <laughs> give one question to the other person, and they, they like, got to hmm. they got to solve it, and then they got to give another one yeah, to them, yeah, yeah. like bouncing off. I think that'd be really funny. That would be really good. Um. Oh, also with the math duel that um earlier with Tartaglia and Fiore, yeah. all thirty questions that he gave to Tartaglia were like depressed. Right. He just, he just did it. He did it thirty times yeah. instead of just like holding it up for the ace or whatever. Because yeah. I imagine that the other guy was just like you know. He's just a math. I mean, would do like regular questions yeah. and then like throw one in. Throw there. one in there. Yeah, so no. then they would get twenty nine out of thirty, yeah. and he would get thirty out of thirty. So I mean, it's possible that I don't know how. I mean, Tartaglia was a math professor. Like it, it, he could have like put in a a, a a different concept and thrown him off completely. But... Oh yeah, like like as he's reading the questions, he's like, oh no, they're I all only the... studied for depressed cubics. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just puts nothing related to it. <laughs> he like all the flashcards fall out of his pockets and all is all depressed cubics. <laughs> There's nothing else. He's forgotten everything else. Um, and I hope that my my math explanations were understandable sure like, i mean that's what you do for your like your job yeah i think i'm pretty good at it yeah so i mean i i mean i know that for me if, if man if we didn't cut pizza into triangles i'd be so lost <laughs> <laughs> okay we put we cut a square into four parts i'm like what, what do the parts look like a, a cake <laughs> uh, yeah i guess a cake uh, um, <laughs> what? i'm just thinking of like the little caesar's pizzas that are cut into like squares <laughs> Oh yeah, so you rearrange the slices and it makes a square. Like I was like, when you first mentioned, like, wow, good job. And it's like in your mind, you're just thinking of the squares that are rearranged into a bigger square. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, obviously, obviously, it's just a big square. They used to talk about curves. I'm like, hmm, where are these curves coming from? It's a square pizza cut into just smaller squares. 
Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I yeah, thanks for listening to the, to the It's a Classic podcast. It's, it's, it's a Calculastic. It's yeah. a Calculastic. Anyways, how do you conclude these? This is kind of, I'm just rambling and talking. Uh, sometimes we do a lesson. Oh, yeah. What's a lesson? Um, you have to come up with I think that if you discover something, mm-hmm. you should then make an intricate series of duels surrounding whatever that thing is. And that's how, like, society should operate. Say that you discover kind of how society. Yeah, but like you know, you discover a new recipe for pizza. Don't post it on a blog. Instead, Mm -hmm. start challenging the best pizza chefs in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of basically what I'm saying is live your life like Bobby Flay does, Uh where you go to like a small town Mm -hmm. and develop a better recipe for apple pie than they did. Mm -hmm. Make the apple pie. Make everyone who who lives in that small town now realize that the apple pie that they grew up with is apparently objectively inferior to one that Bobby Flay has made. Who's Bobby Flay? He's a celebrity chef. That's fucked up. <laughs> it is. That's like his that. whole series. It's called, Beat, it's called Beat Bobby Flay. He just goes to local places. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, what's your special dish? They're like, oh, we make a mac and cheese. And he's like, all right. He like tastes it. He's like, hmm. And he makes... This could use some truffle butter. Yeah, he makes a, <laughs> he makes mac and cheese. Then they have a bunch of judges, right? Uh-huh. And he like almost always wins. <laughs> That's Just let people enjoy things. Also... No, this know. is the lesson. We have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, also, you need to kiss the mic. Oh. Bye. (laughs) I think we normally say bye, don't we? Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.